Assalamu alaikum. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mindful Moments. This is your Friday night show all about you and your mental well-being. How are you today? How has your week been? Uh, how are you feeling? Whether you're in your car driving home from work or you're at home with the kids listening in, we are continuing our topic on domestic abuse and domestic violence today. My name is Farah, as you know, and I'm your host. It would be great to have some interaction with you all. If you want to uh, comment your opinions or if you want to get in contact with my guest today, please contact us on Inspire FM. We have, uh, as you know, our social media, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and also you can pop us an email, info at inspirefm.org. I always keep my introductions brief because we are very short on time and I like to get as much out of my guests as possible. Today I have Zahair Girach from Afia Healing. Um, I've had Zahair on here before, but I will give another in introduction. Zahair is a wellbeing consultant, a holistic wellbeing consultant and a counsellor, and he is the founder of Afia Healing, which is, mashallah, I know a little bit about, and it's a, an incredible organisation focusing on deep healing, working on traumas, looking at emotional releases and overall holistic well-being. I'm sure Zahara can tell you more about that, inshallah. So today we're going to continue talking about domestic abuse and Zahara here works with, uh, you know, some domestic abuse clients and working on healing with them. So we'll talk more about the therapeutic side of things again please get in contact if you want to talk to him or want to have a a, a chat with him or, or get in touch with his services as well let's dive right into it salam alaikum zahir wa alaikum salam farah how are you doing alhamdulillah i'm good it's been a long week um but alhamdulillah good the weather is cold but the sun is shining so it, it does it does make a difference uh, the sad or seasonal depression is definitely kept at bay with the sun <laughs> how are you doing alhamdulillah well yeah absolutely i'm just trying to make the most of these short days um and yes. alhamdulillah the month of rajab has started for us as well alhamdulillah. So, countdown to ramadan has begun it has begun indeed i saw the crescent moon yesterday and it, it looked beautiful mashallah it's uh, lovely right let's get into it so zahir i always ask my guests to define what they think of domestic abuse because i think Everyone has a slightly different version of it. Um, also, I do believe there is a difference between the Western understanding of domestic abuse and perhaps the Islamic understanding. Obviously, we're here in the UK, so often through the NHS or the various public services that we use when people are exposed to domestic abuse, it's often that framework that we're exposed to. But um, what, what would you define as domestic abuse? Well, the... the definition that's out there generally is domestic abuse is any incident or pattern of incidents that are controlling in nature, um, coercive, threatening, degrading, including violent behavior, sexual violence, um, mm -hmm. and is usually towards a partner. So domestic, the, the, the reason why domestic is included is usually it happens in the home. And yeah. so um, it's usually between partners or spouses and uh, it's it's quite prevalent. And from a cultural point of view, okay, from mm -hmm. an Asian cultural background, what we basically understand of D, DA or DV, it's, as it's also known, domestic violence, um, is just physical bodily harm, mm -hmm. right? Where there is, uh, you know, punches being thrown around and slaps and objects being thrown at each other, or yeah. usually one way. Um, mm -hmm. That is usually understood as 
the domestic abuse that generally takes place in most households. Um, but for me, it, it extends into the coercion, the emotional neglect, the emotional blackmail, silent treatment. All of those things are, you know, taking away the rights and especially what rights Allah has placed upon the spouse um, of being jeopardized in, 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 a, in a very bad way. Mm. So not only That's is it affecting, not only is it affecting the spouse, but for me as a therapist, I can see the effect on the children as well, if there are any. Right, so it does trickle down, doesn't it? Okay, um, and you, you've mentioned that obviously you've worked with domestic, uh, domestic abuse, including domestic violence cases. So, what, do you have a rough proportion of how many people come to you with that, or like how frequent is it? Is it quite scarily common? Unfortunately, it's 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 in almost every household, right? To a varying degree, wow. some will be very lesser, and and a lot of the time. Unfortunately, what tends to happen is I see the extreme cases. So yeah. there's violence been going on for like 15 years, 20 years, wow. 20 years. Yeah. Um, and even currently, you know, on one of my programs, um, I've had uh, a sister join us who's, you know, been married for 10 years, suffered domestic violence throughout the whole of that period. And now the husband just walked away. So not only is she contending with 10 years of life lost, but at the same time, um, feeling abandoned again. Right. So right. How do you how do you rationalize? How do you process that? How do you break that down? Um, and that's when people generally come to us. And so it's it's so messy that we need to clear up so many different angles. Are we looking at the marriage? Are we looking at the abandonment? Are we looking at your childhood? Are we looking at the abandonment of your parents? You know what what exactly is happening and what patterns are at play here in the way that your personality has formed. Okay. Right. So this is what's important to understand as well when we start looking at these sort of cases. Okay, so there's various factors that you have to pick apart and separate out to look at how the situation has got to where it's gotten to yeah. and maybe in part to aid the healing, but also to create some changes within the individual themselves, because often, uh, we were just talking about this before the show, but oftentimes, obviously, it, the, it is the offender or the perpetrated committing the abuse or the violence, but some behaviours within ourselves, like you said, from childhood or parent um, parent uh, issues that are resurfaced within a marriage in your own relationship. Yeah, and a lot of these learnt behaviours will be from childhood, from when you as a child witnessed domestic violence in your own home. You would have seen either that your father might have been abusive, not physically, maybe just through words. Okay, verbally yeah. abusive, um, sometimes silent treatment, or even narcissistic behavior. That's another big one, right? And yeah. if you, as a child, witness that, what I notice is for narcissistic father, their sons usually follow their footsteps. Mm -hmm. And if it's the daughters, they usually follow the mother's footsteps as an empath. And so okay. they, they allow this behavior to continue. And the danger here is, as, as that child grows up, if it's the son, he has learned all that behavior from his father. And in yes. the absence of the father, continues to abuse the mother in the same way that the father did, because we also get those clients coming to us. And then when he gets married, he continues that same behavior onto his wife. But also, from the girl's perspective, as the girl grows up, she already has embodied the traits of the mother to do sabr allegedly and to not say anything 
And as an empath, you are overflowing with that rahma, that mercy, that love, compassion, consideration in the hope that your patients will help them to change their ways. And that never happens. So, right. so all you do is we're just following a basic pattern that's also, you know, referred to as generational trauma is that you're just following whatever happened, you know, in the previous um, set of uh, parents. We just do the same in ours and then we pass it on to our families and then they carry on until someone recognizes it and then puts a stop to it until they mm -hmm. step out. For most part, if you look at our parents, they'll normally say, well, we couldn't have left the marriage. Okay, you couldn't yes. have left the marriage, so you allowed it to continue. That's why me as your child is screwed up. But then I decided to walk out of my marriage. Yeah. So I have consciously made a decision that this will not go on. So when Allah blesses me with my children or the children that I already have, they must know not to tolerate this sort of behavior. Yes. So someone has to break the cycle. Otherwise, like you said, it's just generational learned behaviors that will repeat itself because that's where we've spent our childhood from. And that's where the behaviors we've seen. Yeah come from right really interesting so obviously someone has to break that cycle sorry you mentioned narcissistic behaviors really quickly that word is sometimes overused nowadays and you know people are just like oh he's narcissistic or she's just a narcissist what what do you uh believe or how would you define narcissistic behaviors narcissistic behavior is just an overview of you know the physical violence or the emotional abuse gaslighting you know by really making someone question their own sense and sensibility and their reality you know but i told you this already but you didn't know but i told you i came in and i told you and and it leaves people like totally like you know bewildered as to yeah. what's exactly happened but then also threatening behavior if you don't do this see what i do to you very manipulative very coercive um very shrewd okay very very uh, lovable and uh, you know very friendly on the outside to the outside world very <laughs> Um, you know, with the community, movers and shakers, but in their own home, they're the devil. They're breaking the family down. They're, they're breaking the, the very fabric of their own home. And um, it's ajib that, you know, someone is so bitter within themselves from their own childhood to actually behave in, the, in this way. And subhanAllah, you know, all of these same, you know, what I see within the Muslim community as well, especially these classic people with narc traits, they hold very high positions in community organizations. You know, they might be the imams or they might be the, the lawyers, they might be the solicitors, they might be, you know, heading uh, funeral organizations. But in the home, they're destroying their own family, their children, everyone else that's in it. So, you know, this is not our Islam. The Prophet ﷺ said the best of you is the one who is best to their family, i.e. to their wives. And subhanAllah, if you are the best to everyone outside, but not in your house, that's not Islam. It's counterintuitive, isn't it? It doesn't it's make sense. Yeah. And that's why, like I said, it tears the fabric of our own family. So all you have done to your family is destroyed them for another generation and another generation and a generation after that. So just like if you were to build a masjid and you get the reward of it for as long as the masjid is there, your bad behavior and the bad behavior that you instill into your children that they go and perpetrate that out further into the world you will continue gaining the sin of that action also yeah and it's a shame because Zahara, like you were saying oftentimes people stay for the children or you know the mother sort of 
bears quote unquote patience um, for the sake of the children. But then at the same time, people say leaving the home and not having a stable nuclear family can be really and uh, you know destabilizing for the child's future but then on the other hand you know then you're creating a monster exactly exactly so it's both, really difficult both ways, both ways you lose um, yeah but, but continuing in in a toxic relationship the loss is far greater and generally yes. what tends to happen as well is unfortunately what i've seen a lot of times is the women will come and they are crying and also by the way it's not mm -hmm. only Perpetrators are not only men. Right, okay? yes, yeah. I have seen a good fair share of narcissistic women, okay, that beat really, up yes, their husbands yeah. ridiculously, right? And what's that actually doing to the victim? They are crying day in, day out to, on the musalla. Ya Allah, why are you not helping me? Why are you not helping me? And years have passed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not change your people until they change themselves. Changing yourself means, where necessary, changing your environment, changing your attitude. You know, putting up, bringing in uh, mediators, bringing in people that can assist, bringing in family that will be on your side. If you don't have family, then get friends. At least the local imam should understand that, okay, there is, there is uh, an abuse of, uh, of power here. Uh, rights are not being fulfilled. Okay. And they should be able to stand up to that. But unfortunately, they don't. Mm, okay. Right. So when these people do come to you at Afia Healing, um, what what do they present with or, or like how what's their state that you can tell it's from trauma from domestic abuse well i mean they usually bring it up themselves i mean why are you here <laughs> why did you come to see me you know it's it's not because you have a bad back but very interestingly i had a case um where a client came randomly to say well i've got this pain in my shoulder and um, the, i've been diagnosed with osteoarthritis it runs mm. all the way down my arm and and it's got me in my fingers Right. What shall I do about it? Um, and she was hoping I'd give her some sort of an exercise or some diet plan. So mm -hmm. just by assessing her physical symptom, I said to her mm -hmm. that the problem actually is with regards to your husband and that wow. you're not in your control. Right? Wow. And she was absolutely like shocked. Like what? Like, and she denied it initially. Then she yeah. came back again and says, yeah, actually, that is the problem. I said, yeah, that's <laughs> Your body is already telling me that that's where the problem lies, that you feel wow. in relation to your husband and that you can't control him. And she goes, yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. okay. So that's it. The body will manifest the symptom according to what's going on in your life. And then we just have to take it from there. So once, once you become aware that this pain that I have has got nothing to do with, um, you know, the injury or some fall that I had or I slept on it bad. No, the body is stuck. There is an energy that has got stuck in that part of the body that we simply need to now release because of the emotion that we're holding on to. Right. And and do some people reject this? Because obviously you're talking about energy here and sometimes people can get, you know, where's a scientific back backup of this? But I know you work anger. with a lot of Well, I mean, anger is energy, isn't it? Anger is energy. Yeah. Right. So if you're really angry and you stand in front of someone really angry, you feel that energy. Or if someone is very calm, calmness is an energy. Love is an energy. Okay, sadness yes, and grief, yes. you feel it. So that's the energy I'm talking about. You see it in people. You see it on their faces. What are they going and, through? Yeah. And that's what we need to come to terms with is, are you always in this state? How does it benefit you? What would you do if this energy wasn't within you? Mm -hmm. Who 
brings this energy about in you. And so they'll say, okay, it's such and such a person or a memory of such and such a moment. That's what we need to deal with. We deal with the root cause of it so that the symptom doesn't need to manifest itself. Okay, so yeah, and the symptoms are often psychosomatic, so it's coming up yeah. as uh, physical, right? And and I guess that's also associated with a lot of increased stress levels as well, which can create havoc in your body. Um, okay, so here's here's a question: Does everyone who's experienced domestic abuse need therapy necessarily, or what happens if you don't heal? It just stays, it just stays in your body, and then it cripples you and it debilitates you it manifests itself into uh, crippling diseases such as arthritis and um, body aches, chronic pain, various mm -hmm. things. You know, there might be effects on the bladder. There might be effects on, uh, on your uh, monthly cycle. All these sort of things mm -hmm. are, are very common. And a lot of the time there's, you know, like UTIs are extremely common in such mm -hmm. cases, okay, because it's a territorial issue. You know, there's a constant fear of, will I be thrown out? Will I be thrown out? Will this gonna, how will this end? You're always on edge. So when you are in a stress phase, your body never heals. In order to heal, you need to detach from those emotions and come a few ranks down on, that la on, the, on the ladder so that you uh, allow your body to heal. And that doesn't happen without the therapy or intervention. So... For example, let's take a, a, a young man who saw his father being abusive towards his mother and then he repeated that same pattern in his marriage. Um, although he's perhaps not had trauma from the marriage itself because he's inflicting the, the pain, if he doesn't take therapy or if he doesn't work on, on that, that will just be a repeated pattern. Is that right? Yeah, it would be a repeated pattern. But then also to say that he's not traumatized is also wrong because right. that behavior is not according to fitra. Our fitra yeah, is to be kind, caring, yeah. compassionate, etc. Right. So yeah. he's basically learned a behavior that he feels empowered by um, doing dhulm, oppressing others. Mm. So the only time he felt he feels validated is when he subjugates someone in front of them. And maybe that's. Is perhaps is that linked to the power? Um, you were saying a lot of the narcissistic people are have, have positions of power. Is that that's linked a, that's to exactly that? What it is, yeah. Mm, so they okay. get themselves, they get it, they, they get themselves into these positions of being, you know, um, extremely generous and uh, you know helping out mm -hmm. all the time. Why? Because it they they get validation from it. They get affirmed, you know, that they are worth something. So all they're seeking is praise that their father never gave them. Okay, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a. Many buttons here, I think. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, okay, so we've spoken about obviously what all these cases come to you with and the real importance of dealing with this. Otherwise, it will just carry on and it totally makes sense. Unless you break the cycle, it will just repeat itself. Um, so what do you, what would you say, Zahara, obviously you've worked with a lot of different cases and you've probably heard the uh, role of the family or the external communities in these people's cases. What what role would you say, especially with regards to the Muslim community, do they have in number one pre preventing abuse, um, and secondly, when the abuse actually happens and people are noticing this, often, for example, you said earlier, mothers usually say just bear it, or you know, it's not a big deal, or you know, there's a whole taboo about divorce, and I mean, it's breaking down, but there's still that 
that issue. What more could the community do to help? I think we need to have lots of awareness sessions in public, in the masajid, from the members, for the imams to actually speak about this, and then to be able to provide from the mosque services where victims can actually go to and speak openly about whoever it is that's that's the perpetrator. And the community must be open to this. The community must be supportive. The community needs to work together. It's not about that and it's not about certain baradris and certain, you know, <laughs> you know, those days are gone. We are we are living in a different time zone. We're living in a different place, you know, and we yeah. can't have those rules and regulations governing us when it doesn't suit us. So the awareness, speaking about it and creating safe spaces where these victims can come to. And then having rightly qualified therapists uh, that can actually help in that healing journey. Because without that, without that intervention, you know, the, the suffering just continues. And what I've noticed as well from my experience is a victim will never be able to leave a toxic environment until they've healed from their own issues first. Oh, that's really interesting. So they won't have the personal strength to leave. Until okay. they've done their own self-healing, dealt with their own issues, got rid of their guilt and shame and whatever else has been thrown at them in the past, then they can see their life with more clarity and make decisions then to build up safe boundaries around themselves healthy boundaries and then from that they have become empowered to say okay you know what this actually isn't working out yes so they actually can take a stand and then so, they take the step out. so so would you say the more i i guess this, i try not to be too reductive about this but the more someone's the more trauma someone's built up within them the more work they have to do and the harder it possibly will be to to leave that person yeah absolutely in mm. my in my experience when i have had victims that have left the marriage already yes then they come and do my program and alhamdulillah they sort of feel released out of it but the ones that are stuck in a marriage and then do the program also then find the courage to be able to step out because now they see it for what it is right yeah that's okay that's incredible that's really interesting because I, I guess they've worked on themselves to realize yeah the behaviors that are that, because what they re recognize is the problem is not them yes okay or yeah but then they've also healed from the their their problematic behaviors that probably kept them in that exactly. state Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and you were talking about the, the work with the mosques. Um, our previous guest, Hina Junejo, was also talking about this um, and how they have. There's needs to be some workshops for young men um, to obviously break out of the behaviours that they've probably learned from their fathers and vice versa with the daughters as well. Um, how how would how just very briefly um, how would a young man identify that he needs to sort his behaviours out. I, I, I think the crucial time is probably, well, definitely before marriage, but how, how would he go about that? Would perhaps, I guess, more exposure at talks at the mosques of of uh, behaviours or traits that are problematic and then he would hear hear that and then say, okay, I need to seek some therapy or 
what would you say? Look, the the, the quickest acid test is for a man to go and ask his wife, what do you think of me? What are my problems or what are my feelings? And And that that in itself will will dictate and identify very quickly those points at which you as the man uh, in the relationship is falling short on and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. okay. And and as a man, look, as a man in in a in, in in a marriage, you know when when your wife is not happy with you or vice versa, right? And and for him to be able to see that, and if he and if, if the person knows that, you know, whenever I'm at home, all I have is arguments. I'm always shouting yeah. and screaming, or I'm always yeah. turning my children against my wife. Well, hello, that's not a happy marriage. We need help there. Okay. Yeah. We need to, we need to take uh, some responsibility and and be held accountable for the oh. for the stupidity that you're doing. And it's, it's sad because I've seen high-ranking scholars in this country that, you know, are absolutely just breaking their own house down. But yet they come outside on the world stage and are talking about how to have a blissful marriage. So, yeah. So that's the hypocrisy that's there. And until we don't deal with it and take responsibility for it, unfortunately, we'll continue to see many more generations suffer in the way that they already have been. Right. Okay. That's incredible. So, so really good practical advice. So I, I think the key takeaway for everyone today is break the cycle. And you all know what I, I mean by this. And Zahair has explained it. And it, you can see it within your own houses or your aunt's houses, your uncle's houses, your grandparents' houses. Uh, spot the signs. And inshallah, we will talk more about this next week. Zahair, I want to say thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate that. You're really busy with, with your work. May Allah reward you. Um, keep us in your du'as, everyone. Thank you. And we'll join you next time. Assalamu alaikum.